Hello and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. I'm a retired Baptist preacher with over 50 years experience in preaching and teaching the King James Bible, God's Holy Word. The purpose of this podcast is to present the Word of God as being just as relevant today as it was in the day that it was written. Join us as we continue our study on the pastoral epistles. In part two of our study, we see Timothy being called Paul's son in the faith. We also see that we are to live so as to help baby Christians grow in the Lord. We are to be in samples and not stumbling blocks. We also see where real peace comes to us. We find Timothy being given a charge in the ministry and what that charge means to us. Then we will deal with sound doctrine and false teachers. In verse 2, Paul says that he is writing to Timothy, my own son in the faith. The souls we lead to Christ are our spiritual children, according to Scripture. For example, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15, where it says, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Yet ye have not many fathers. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. That is why we should seek to help those that we lead to the Savior, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 tells us. The new Christian is a baby, and as a baby, needs the sincere milk of the word, that they may grow thereby, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 says. Our spiritual growth comes through the spiritual food we find in the word of God. The new baby Christian not only needs the sincere milk of the word, but the new baby Christian is also open to attack from this world, the devil, and the flesh. They need our help and prayers. We need to pray for them that the Lord will protect them from the wicked one, as well as those that serve the devil. We are to live for the Savior, to make ourselves an example unto baby Christians so that they can follow us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 9 tells us. An example is defined as an example, a pattern, or model. So we are to live so as to model the Christian life to baby Christians. This is much like what we do for our children, showing them by example how to do something. Let's live for the Savior so that these babies that are following in our footsteps will live for the Savior. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 2, grace mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace is a marvelous gift from God. It springs from his mercy and gives what this old lost world longs for, peace. Without the grace and mercy of God, we cannot have peace. By his grace, our sins are paid for on the cross of Calvary by the Lord Jesus Christ. He was made to be sin for us, 
who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is what we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Someone has identified grace as unmerited favor. Christ died for us by grace. And we now have that grace available to us if we will call upon him. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We live in that grace and mercy of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is something that men seek today. But they're seeking for peace without God. And God's answer to their search is found in Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 21, where he tells them, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. If you want peace, then you must receive the peacemaker. Jesus is the peacemaker. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no peace. But thank God, through him, we have found peace. In verse 3, Paul tells Timothy to charge some that they teach no other doctrine. A charge is defined as an order being given. The necessity for this shows us that even though it was only a very few years after the Savior returned to heaven, that false doctrine was beginning to make its way into the church. If false doctrine was present at that time, we can be sure that there is false doctrine present in our time, in our churches. How can we tell the difference between the true and the false? We have to go to the book, the Word of God, that sets forth the truth for us. And that is our authority. Our authority is to say what is false and what is truth. That book is the old King James Bible, the Word of God, for the children of God today. The doctrine that we need is sound doctrine. Sound doctrine that Titus chapter 1 and verse 9 speaks of. Listen to what the scripture says holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Sound doctrine comes to us by the faithful word which we have been taught. The faithful word is the word of God, which ye have heard of us, he says. And we heard it from God's witnesses. We are to receive it, not as the words of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. That's us. Sound doctrine is what men do not want today. We've come to a time when men will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, the Bible says, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3. Sound doctrine does not interest men because it speaks with authority. And that's something men certainly do not want today. They dislike it. They hate it. 
But whether men want it or not, preacher, we are commanded in Titus chapter 2 and verse 1, speak thou the things that become sound doctrine. In verse 4, Paul tells us that Timothy is to charge these same false teachers to not give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. There were a lot of old wives' tales making the rounds in the church at Ephesus. Fables are the invention of man. So they are, in fact, the doctrines of man. Fables is what Paul is warning about in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14. There he says, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. There is no profit for the believer or non-believer in fables, only the subverting of the truth of the word of God. The apostle Peter tells us that they had not followed cunningly devised fables. Since fables are not the truth, but just stories, then we know the source and purpose is to deceive and distract us from the truth. Now, who would want to distract God's children from the truth? Well, of course, the answer to that is the old devil, the old serpent, the devil, the father of lies. He wants to waste our time on that which does not build us up on our most holy faith, as Jude speaks of in Jude chapter 1 and verse 20. Even now today, we must turn from fables to the truth of God's preserved word. We are privileged to hold his precious word in our very hands and hide it in our hearts. Endless genealogies serve the same purpose as fables, and that is to turn us from that which is profitable to that which is without profit. Men love to argue about things, <laughs> the, the, the things that don't matter, and so they distract themselves from that which does matter, which is the eternal, the eternal truths of the word of God. So whether it be fables or endless genealogies, we are to avoid them, as all they cause is endless debate. Godly edifying is the purpose for which we are in the ministry, and in fact is the purpose for our studying the Word of God, for godly edifying equips us for the service of the Savior. Godly edifying comes through and is built on our faith on the Word of God. We have many today that say we have a reliable translation in our King James Bible. By saying that such, they are just repeating what they have been educated to say. For only by education does a believer come to question the old King James Bible. Godly edifying is based upon a sure foundation, the Word of God. If that foundation be destroyed, then we will not be built up, but will most certainly be brought to destruction. The last two words in verse 4 are, so do. 
God, through the Apostle Paul, had Timothy in Ephesus to do. This is the charge, to do what God gave him to do. We have a lot of Christians today that talk a good game, but they don't deliver. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 23 tells us the value of just talk. Look at it. Listen to what it says. In all labor, there is profit. But the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Penury is extreme poverty. So talk without action becomes poverty. So the student that knows what he is to do and talks about it, but doesn't do anything about it, is going to have a poverty-stricken ministry. So do what God charges you to do. And you'll have a profitable ministry. I invite you to join us in part three as we continue our study in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Till then, God bless. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast. Now, before you go, if you live in the Riverside, California area, I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Faith Baptist Church where our pastor, Nathan Cook, preaches the Word of God from the King James Bible. Before you hit that exit button, how about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe and you will get the next podcast just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. Join us in our next podcast as we continue our study on the pastoral epistles. Till then, God bless.